We've been talking about eternal rewards. We first talked about eternal life. It's a real life. We've talked about the things that are recorded in heaven. That was last week. I had to do two parts on it. I kind of wish I'd have just went on, and if you needed to go, you could have went. But we finished it up Sunday night. And those things were that to minister to others, to give secretly, opening our home to others, acts of kindness, keeping the commandments, walking in faith, keeping integrity, our true motives when we do anything, motives in ministry, the very words that we speak, that's the one that makes you just want to carry a big roll of duct tape around so you don't get in trouble there. Soul winning, being kind to our enemies. You remember putting hot coals on their head, you're helping them to survive. I gave you the illustration of that Sunday night. Submitting to others and prayer. This morning we had the chance to pray. Now I want you to remember the only way that the, we the earn these rewards is in this life. We're not talking about salvation. We're talking about the rewards. And these rewards, when we get them, it's not about saying, oh, look at me. It's not about when we get to heaven, we get to stand over in the other, because there's no corners in heaven. Right? It's not about that. If that's where our minds are, then God's talking to us to help us to get to a place that we're not there. Because when we get to heaven, the Bible tells us there's going to be rewards, and there's going to be rewards that can be taken away. Now, to help us to understand as we go through this and get further along, it's going to make more sense. But let me just tell you this. Anytime we do something, this morning we got up as a group collectively to pray for those that have needs. God took notice. If we prayed, he knows. If we didn't, he knows. We had the opportunity for what? What does that do? Everything we do for Christ gives Him the glory. Yes, we will receive rewards when we get to heaven, but those rewards in turn plays the part of giving Him the glory. Remember the crown? We're going to talk about crowns today. They'll be cast at His feet. That is the purpose of it. See, if it's for the purpose of giving Him glory, then it does it throughout eternity, but it's also doing it now. When we don't do the things that gives him glory here, what does it do? People just don't pay attention to the church. They don't pay attention to the work that's being done. Does that make sense? So whenever we are talking about these rewards, yes, we're going to gain them, but it ain't us gaining them so much as it is that he is going to be glorified. Why? Because we submitted ourselves and followed him, and also when we get to eternity, everybody is going to constantly be reminded and knowing that Jesus gets all the glory. When a soul got saved, it wasn't because of something I preached, Gene preached, Brother Murphy preached. It was all because of the Holy Ghost. All because of the work that Jesus did. He's the only one that can save the souls. He's the only one, by the way, that can help us get to the place that our mindsets are right to where we look at these rewards in the right way and also, we're going to do these things because why? The church, the body of Christ, the bride of Christ is going to be pointing to him. The soul gets saved this morning. Oh, preacher, that was great preaching. Say all you want to, but we all know Jesus did it. 
period. And so we can't ignore the fact that these things are in the Bible. God put them there, so we got to look at it. And that's the Lord put that on my heart to start going through this. And I'm going to tell you, it's just it's awesome. And for me, I don't know if you're getting anything out of it, but I am. If it was for nobody, it was for me. So, these rewards is what Jesus will receive glory for throughout eternity. See, there's some things that's done right now that people just don't know about. Amen? Because we have one of the lists last week you go into, you do in secret, and your heavenly Father will reward you openly. He's in secret, you go in secret. It's a prayer, maybe, I don't know, maybe you went and mowed somebody's yard while they was out of town, they didn't know about it, didn't know who did it, you don't want them to know who did it, you just want to do because you want Jesus to receive the glory. And they may even ask you, did you do that? Well, just give God the glory. You don't have to go yes or no, it don't, doesn't matter. It's so that he gets the glory. Why? Because he put it in our heart. For whatever reason it is, he receives the glory. Charles Spurgeon, I found this looking this stuff up the other day, said there are no crown wearers in heaven who were not cross bearers here. That's a powerful statement, isn't it? A cross bearer. We're supposed to take up our cross and follow Jesus. Pictures of the crowns. You guys got those? Now, folks, before we get into a big theological discussion, I don't have a clue what the crowns in heaven exactly are like. Remember I told you when we started this, we're going to deal with what the Bible says and not what our minds might want to work up. I went to a website to see, and they showed five crowns. Five crowns is what I could find. Now, there may be more than that. There may be more in the Bible, and I missed it. I don't know. But I found five, and these five we're going to talk about today, I don't know what they're going to look like. I have my own picture in my mind, so bear with me just for a quick second. You know these pictures of the high priest you see, and he has the turban on his head, and he has that gold band around his head? I think that's a crown. Now this is Ken thinking, this is not scripture, this is not how it is. This is just my way. I couldn't find a picture of what I picture in my mind, so I'm just going to have to try to explain it to you. And for every one of those crowns would be another gold band going up on top of it. I don't know. I mean, how would those crowns work? I don't have a clue. Point is, the Bible says they're there. So we can't deny that. They're there. We're supposed to be earning them. Why? For his glory. That's the bottom line. So, with that being said, let's get in. Because i got to talk today. Revelation 3 and 7. And to the angel of the church of Philadelphia write, These things say he who is holy, he who is true, he who has the key of David, he who opens and no one shuts and shuts and no one opens. I know your works. See, I have set before you an open door and no one can shut it. For you have a little strength have kept my word and have not denied my name. Indeed, I will make those of the synagogue of Satan who say they are Jews and are not. By the way, those are the ones that say they're believers, but they're not. That's what he's talking about. But lie, indeed, I will make them come and worship before your feet and to know that I have loved you. That's Jesus talking. We can't take that out of context. We can't do away with it. Those are the words that are in red in my Bible. So there we go. 
Because you have kept my command to persevere, I also will keep you from the hour of trial which shall come upon the whole world to test those who dwell on the earth. Behold, I am coming quickly. Hold fast what you have that no one may take your crown. Huh. Somebody can take our crown. Wouldn't be, a, wouldn't be a warning from the Lord if it couldn't happen. So, I looked at this and this key of David, and I got to wondering about it, and y'all can help me. There's two things about David. Number one, he was appointed king. Saul was elected, but David was appointed king. But also, he was a man after God's own heart, right? Now, we know we read David's letters, and a lot of churches wouldn't even let him come in because he had some bad things in his past. But God said he's a man after my own heart, but there was a key for David called worship. Worship. That's what I think. You see, worship is a very powerful thing. So that, in my mind, is where I see this key of David that he comes up and he says. But he says, I know your works. Nobody sitting in this room knows the works of anybody else sitting in this room. You may know some. God knows it all. God knows the motives of it all. He has it all written down. It's all recorded in our little book of life. He has our life written down. So he knows. And therefore, when he looks at us, he looks at us different than we look at people or people look at us. You see, we look at things, we look at the, the things of people. But God don't do that. God sees us different than anybody else sees us. So the next time you look in the mirror, you can look in the mirror and say, you know what, it doesn't matter how thus and such sees me, God sees me. He sees me different than anybody else. He sees me different than I see me. And so that is comforting to know because he don't, he don't look at the things that, that other people look at. We usually see things. God views the issues of the heart. We see the degrees hanging on the wall. Nothing wrong with the degrees for anybody that's got a degree. That's great. And God can use that, by the way. That might be the path he has you on, but he doesn't see the degree hanging on the wall. He sees the heart of the man. That's what God's looking at. That's where he's going to talk about for this crown. You see, he, he sees these kinds of things. He doesn't see how much money we have or how much money we don't have. He doesn't see about living in luxury or living in the tent in the woods. He doesn't see these kinds of things. He rewards us not based on the approval of men. Thank God for that. Amen. We could just clap right now and give Jesus some glory because he doesn't listen to what men have to say. He sees us how he sees us, which is right. He rewards us on how well we hold our peace. Oh, he rewards us on how well we keep our temper. A lady lost her life yesterday evening because somebody lost their temper. Husband and wife, domestic violence turns right into something else. One lost her life, two more was in critical condition, last I heard. All because somebody couldn't keep their temper. You see how fast it can go south? Blessed are the peacemakers. Is that what the Bible says? 
Next time we get a situation coming, let's remember that verse, blessed are the peacemakers. Can I be a peacemaker today, Jesus? Help me to be a peacemaker, and if I can't, let me go back to last week's teaching and get my roll of duct tape out and tamper it right here. Blessed are the peacemakers. What's going to happen, Brother Gene, with the peacemakers? The children of God. Blessed are the peacemakers. He tells us in that scripture to persevere. He says, keep on going. No matter what, keep on going. No matter what the evaluation says, just keep on going. No matter what is going on, just keep on going. Whatever I've given you to do, Brother Gene, Brother Wayne, whatever I've given you to do, sweetie, everybody in here, whatever he says I've given you to do, persevere. Hang in there. Keep going. Keep trudging forward. Keep getting it done. Keep getting it done. Keep getting it done. No matter what. Keep giving God praise. Keep reading the Bible. Keep on praying. Keep on doing the will of God. Persevere. Persevere. You see, the only way that you or me can lose our crown is because of some knothead that's going to take us to the place that we lose it. That's the only way that can happen. And ultimately, it's not that person's fault because you know what? We have a decision to make. It's up to us whether we're going to allow that to happen. And why are we not going to allow it to happen? Why? Because we want Jesus to receive glory. Right? That's why I'm working for that crown. That's why you're working for that crown. We're to work for that crown. It's our call. A crown is already laid up for you. It's put aside if we persevere. If we persevere. Brother Gene, your head's already measured. You're going to have a glorified body, but your head's already measured. The crown is going to fit. It's going to fit. And it's laying there. Don't let some knothead take it away from you. But it ain't going to be them. It's going to be you. Don't let nobody take you to that place that you're going to lose that crown. So the crowns can be lost as we just seen. Go to 2 John, verse 7. It's only one chapter in 2 John, so it's 1, verse 7, if you will. For many deceivers have gone out of the world who do not confess Jesus Christ is coming in the flesh. This is a deceiver and an antichrist. Look to yourselves. Everybody say, look to yourselves. That we do not lose those things we worked for, but that we may receive a full reward. Yourself, myself, is the only one that can take my crown. If I give up, that's what causes that to happen. When I stop trusting God because something happened with men. Do you believe that's happened before? Somebody has a weak moment and... We spend trust in men instead of trust in God. And the next thing you know, people stop trusting God. They stop reading the Word. They stop coming to church. They stop all these things. They start looking to the flesh, feeding the flesh. They stop trusting God because of men. I can't allow that to happen to me. If I stop trusting God because I trust men, I need to get back on my face before God. That's where I need to go. 
Man will disappoint you. Can I tell you that right now? Look to your left, look to your right, front and back. Somebody there will disappoint you at some point. Most likely. Most likely. Our trust goes in Jesus. If I stop worshiping because I'm afraid of what somebody will say, I might want to raise my hands. I might want to raise two hands. I might want to sit here and just be in reverence with God. That's okay. Either way, it's okay. But whenever I start doing or not doing these things based on what men are saying, it's not about God anymore. And so there we have to look to ourselves. If I choose to offend God but please men rather than to do the opposite, please God and offend men, there's a place that we can lose that crown. I've got to look to myself. This treasure is laid up for us. It's all about these things. Everything counts in this. You understand? If we have a song in our heart, that counts. We've got to keep on singing that song. We've got to keep on giving God the glory. I've got to keep on reading my Bible. I, no matter what, I've got to pick it up and I've got to read it. I've got to let Him feed me. All of these things are what counts. I've got to keep on worshiping God. I've got to keep on seeing people, visiting people. Now, this ain't just for men. This is for everybody. Everybody has a, has a horse in this race because we are a royal priesthood. So you've got a circle of friends. I've got a circle of friends. Sometimes they overlap and come together. We're doing the work of Christ. Amen? That's what we're doing, and we've got to keep on, keeping on, and keeping on. Sunday school, those that are teaching Sunday school, studying through the week. We need to come and come to Sunday school and get taught. That's what we need to do. All of these things can be things that starts chipping away and taking us away from the place that we need to be. And before you know it, you've been disconnected. Who did it? I did it. We got to look to ourselves. I can't blame whoever they are. You ever heard that? Well, it's their fault. Well, who are they? Most of the time you never get an answer who they are. That's just kind of like the cop-out. Because if we start naming names and doing it the way Jesus says, we meet in a room. And we start heading to the place that God says we need to head to. You see, that's how we get around that. And this crown doesn't get taken away from us. We don't let that happen. Now these crowns are made of gold. Revelation 4 and 4. Around the throne were 24 thrones. And on the thrones I saw 24 elders sitting, clothed in white robes, and they had crowns of gold on their heads. Crowns of gold. That's why I have this picture in my mind of this little gold band. I don't know if it will be one of these we had up here. I don't think it will be. I don't think we even have a clue what it's going to be, to be honest with you. But there's a crown of gold. We know it's gold. That's what the Bible says. So we can't take that away. And these crowns will be a part of our worship in Revelation 4 and 8. Let's read that. The four living creatures, each having six wings. You remember we talked about them a couple of weeks ago, right? Were full of eyes around and within. And they do not rest day or night saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. Whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who sits on the throne, who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before him who sits on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever and cast their thrones, their, their crowns before the throne, saying, 
You are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for you have created all things, and by your will they exist and were created. We will be casting our crowns at the feet of Jesus. That's why he receives the glory. We do the work that he's given us to do, which is going to enhance the kingdom here in this world, here in this life. We're going to be rewarded for what we've done, not because we get to say, oh, look at my crown. If we're there, we've got some more work to do with Jesus, but it's to go to heaven and say, oh, this is for him. This is The only reason I have this is because of what Jesus did. These crowns will be a part of our worship. Therefore, what it takes to earn these crowns is a part of our worship. It ain't just the song. It's all these things that earns these crowns. That's worshiping God. He receives the glory for it. I just picture in my mind, I don't believe, now this is Ken, okay, this is not Bible. I need you to understand this next statement. I don't believe we're going to cast them and that's it. I think we're going to wear them. Remember me telling you we're going to come back to worship and then we're going to go out and do these and then we're going to come back and we're going to be worshiping. We're going to have like a Sabbath. Well, I might be on Mars one day. I wanted to see Mars so I can go there. I've got a body now that can just be wherever. Maybe I wanted to see Mars or see something else. Well, Brother Willie, he's at the Grand Canyon. He's been there for three weeks. He's never left. All this big universe, Brother Willie's still at the Grand Canyon checking it out. And here comes Jesus. Here comes Jesus. Maybe he's there with a bunch of different people, a lot of other folks. And when Jesus comes walking by, and this might happen a billion times, probably more than that because it's eternity, so, but here comes Jesus. And we're going to take a knee. We're going to take that crown off and we're going to lay it at his feet. If he stops to talk with us, then it'll be laid. If he's just walking on, we're laying it at his feet. And we're going to say, Lord, this crown that you have given me to wear, I wouldn't have it if it wasn't for you. Everything that you taught me, everything that you worked in my life, everything that you allowed me to be a part of what you were doing, and I was submitted this crown, and everybody around is going to know that crown, and oh, by the way, the guy next to you, he's got a crown, and he's going to do the same thing. This is your crown. This is what you did. Amen? Now, if we don't earn a crown, we won't get to do that. We'll just take a knee. You see what I'm talking about? We don't get to give him that extra glory. Does that make sense? And there may have been some souls that may not got touched, some lives that may not got touched because we didn't do the things to earn the crown. Oh, well, we need to get this. So our worship services here, they don't, they're, they're practice for heaven. If we don't like worshiping here, they're probably going to have a class for us, like an entry-level class on how to worship in heaven. Picture this in your mind. Picture this in your mind. And this is not the... Throw anything in anybody. I, I'm to give you truth. This is a way to earn some glory for God. Does that make sense? Am I saying it right? Okay. I'm getting some weird looks. Can you imagine being there, the sea of glass of people as far as the, you can see, and, and a, man, a number that no man can number? 
And we got these creatures with six wings. And they get to flapping them. You know what wings are going to do? They're going to make some noise. They're going to move some air. The walls are going to start shaking, Brother Gene. All this stuff is going to start happening. And the roar of all these voices are crying, Holy, holy, holy. We're going to be doing some worshiping and anything we've ever done here on this earth is just a scratch of the surface. It's just choir practice. Amen. We're going to be excited about worshiping God. We're going to be excited about it. That's what it's going to be about. That's the kind of worship we're going to give. We're going to have our crowns. We'll come into the, come into the holy place. Come into where God is. We're going to put them down there. And everybody's going to see these crowns. And then there's going to be worship happening. That just tickles me to death. What does that do? That gives Him glory. You see, it's easy to, it's hard to stand up in your own way and do your own thing. It's easy when you're in the group of people. But God sees the heart. He knows what's going on. And Jesus, He wears many crowns. Revelation 19 and 11. Now I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse. And he who sat on him was called faithful and true, and in righteousness he judges and makes war. His eyes were like a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. He had a name written that no one knew except himself. Now, I don't want to get into the next message, well, not the one after, but for like two weeks from now, start reading Revelation 2 and 3. We're going to go there. But there's going to be some new names given out. I've got to leave it there. But he has a name that no one knows except him. And we're going to receive these crowns. Can y'all throw that picture up there real quick? I'll just read these scriptures. Y'all don't have to put them up, but y'all can write them down. There's going to be a, a crowning ceremony. A coronation ceremony, so to speak. In Romans 14 and 10. But why you judge your brother, or why you show contempt for your brother? For we shall all stand before what? The judgment seat of Christ. The judgment seat. 2 Corinthians 5 and 10. For we all must appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. In 1 Peter 5 and 6, Therefore humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that He may do what exalts you in due time. Now I want you to picture this. Did they get it up? The other picture. Did I send another one? Anyhow, if they don't find it. I want you to picture in your mind a great cloud of people. And it's your time. They get to the hills and they call Ken Lester. And the Lord brings you up. And I'm going to bow down at his feet and he's going to have my crown or my crowns. And at that moment in time, I will have been exalted by Jesus himself. We don't like hearing that kind of talk, but that's what's in the Bible. Am I right, Brother Murphy? He's going to exalt me. And I'm going to turn around and exalt him even more. But that crown is going to be placed on my head. He's going to be there. He's going to be saying, you know what? I was there when you did everything. 
I asked you to do. I was there when you was praying through something and nobody else could see it. But I was there. I was leading you in that prayer. I was there for every tear that you shed over one of your loved ones or over one of your children or over some of the flock. I was there. I was there. I was there when you preached a message that you thought didn't go out. But somebody peeled it up on a podcast or a disc and heard it somewhere else and they received Christ because of it. You didn't know that, but I was there. I kept a track of it. That's our stories, folks. And that's the day that those crowns will be placed on our head by Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. We need to give Him some glory in the house. We're doing this that He receives the glory. It's not about what we get. It's about what He gets. But He does say this. Am I right on that? These crowns are based on the thing, the work that we do here on this earth. Now those five crowns, we have the crown of righteousness in first, uh, 2 Timothy 4 and 6. For I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Finally there is laid up for me, by the way, laid up for me a crown of righteousness with the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day, and not only to me, but to all those who have loved his appearing. Do you know what that means, loved his appearing? Every time that we pray for somebody and they come in and they give a testimony and say, oh, I was sick last week and couldn't wiggle, but Jesus touched me. That's his appearing. Every time a soul comes down that aisle that's been lost and now they're found, that's his appearing. Every time that somebody has been taken down and, and they're weak in their spirit and they need lifted up and they need an encouragement and then all of a sudden they get it, that's his appearing. That's a part of that appearing. Do you understand that? So it's happening now. People say, oh, what's going on over at that church? Go and see. Come and see. What's going on with the churches in the world? Come and see. It's His appearing. And we love His appearing. Amen? Don't we love to see God move in somebody's life? That's why we're put, doing the prayer requests and doing all the prayer because we want to be able to give that testimony of what God has done. We love His appearing and we're looking forward to the day that He comes back. Amen? That He comes back and He gets us. We fought the fight. We've finished the race. We've kept the faith. This drink offering that He talks about, I'm poured out like a drink offering. In 2 Samuel 23, we have the story, and David is there, and they're fighting the Philistines, and he's, they're fighting hard, and he gets real thirsty. And he says, oh, what I would give for a drink out of the well of Bethlehem. And three guys hear that, and they make it their life's mission to make sure that David gets a drink out of that well. They go back through the battle. They fight through. They risk their lives. They do all these things. They get the strength. They bring it back to him. And when they give it to him, he basically says, I can't drink this. Everything that you went through to give this to me, and you poured it out as a drink offering to God. 
Every time we're dealing with something, every time when we think we ain't got any more to give, every time when we think about quitting and giving up, we're pouring ourselves out like a drink offering. That's what's going on there. We're pouring ourselves out. Every time that there's a need, we're pouring ourselves out. I don't care if you're in the middle of the night in the bed and then all of a sudden the, the Lord comes upon your heart to pray for somebody. You lost some sleep. You're going to be tired going to work tomorrow. It's got to you, but that's pouring out like a drink offering. You get out of bed. You go to the place of prayer and you start calling out on behalf of that lost one or whatever that need is, whatever that burden is. We're getting poured out, continuously being poured out. If we're not being poured out, we're not doing. And if we ain't doing, we ain't earning. If we ain't earning, he ain't earning. Did I say that right? Yes. A drink offering. There's an imperishable crown in 1 Corinthians 9 and 24. Do not know that those who run in a race all run, but one runs to receive the prize. Run in such a way that you may obtain it. And everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we for an imperishable crown. Therefore I run this race, not with uncertainty. Thus I fight, not as one who beats the air, but I discipline my body and bring it into subjection, lest when I have preached to others, I myself have become disqualified. Self-discipline, subjection, submission, words we don't like. Flesh don't like that, does it? Submission and subjection. You go and watch the Olympics, and they're going to be on this summer, I think, and you see these people who are the fastest in the world running a track. You're not looking for a guy like me to be out there on the track field. <laughs> if I'm on the TV, you'll be changing the station. No, whenever that comes on, you're looking for these slanky people with the long, muscular legs, and they run like gazelles. But then when you go to the swimming part, you see somebody who is like this broad in their shoulders and chest because of all the laps they've done and the breathing, and you know it's different. These are people who have brought their body into subjection and have trained it and trained it and trained it and trained it, and they are the best in the world. And that's what we're to do. We're to run this race like there ain't nothing else. There's not a job to go to tomorrow. Oh, we got to go to the job. But you know what? There's people around this world that don't have those same kinds of things. We, we got to do all these things, but it all has to be about the kingdom. That's where we earn the crowns. That's where the rewards are earned. It's about the kingdom. And we train ourselves. We train our bodies. We get it to this place. We reject the things that don't help us. It's not good for us. That's what we're to strive for. You identify it. You got to pray. And you might have to get a prayer partner, an accountability partner. There's nothing wrong with that. Amen? Am I talking truth this morning? There's nothing wrong with that. And say, I need help. You might have to check yourself into some kind of clinic. I don't know. But you've got to have God in the middle of it, and we have to be to the place to bring this body into subjection. The flesh. 
the things that are going to give Christianity, give Jesus a black eye. Are we going to have some trouble? Yeah, we can have some trouble. But this, I'm going to warn you, stay away from somebody called soothsayers. Soothsayers, they have the big stadiums with the churches. And they just tell you how great life is going to be and how great your life is going to be. And you'll never hit on a piece of truth that's going to hurt anybody's feelings. Those are soothsayers. They don't just have to be in the big stadiums. They can be in the church with two people because they don't want to lose those two people. And they won't go to the place of truth. Soothsayers. They just tell you how grand life is going to be in serving Jesus. You've heard me say before, I can tell you now, when you're serving Jesus, it ain't, it ain't going to always be a bunch of roses and perfume. It's going to be tough. Because the devil's going to come at you, especially if you're making a difference. If souls and lives are being changed, it's going to make a difference. And soothsayers are the ones that tell you what you want to hear. You see, back in the day, the kings, they didn't like the soothsayers. Because they'd get all these guys in, they'd get ready to attack somebody, and they'd get like 70 people come in. Oh, what do you say? Oh, great king, it's going to be great. The Lord's going to give you the battle. We're going to gain all this money and wealth. We're going to gain all this property. We're going to gain all these kinds of things. It's going to be great. You're probably going to live an extra 20 years. Life is good. Oh, just take the land. But he hated the prophets because the prophet came in and said, Not so. Thus saith the Lord. Thus saith the Lord. You're going to lose out, king. You're going to get disease. You're going to die 15 years early. You're not going to have all these things. That is what I'm talking about here. We've got to stay away because we want to stay, keep our bodies and keep ourselves in shape. We don't get in shape with hearing flattering words. We get in shape by working out with the truth. Amen. Wow. Praise God. We go to him and say, didn't I do this in your name? And he'll say, yeah, but did you serve me? It's going to be a lot of people do it in his name, but he's going to say, I don't know who you are. There's a difference in reading the scriptures and living it. The crown of life. Y'all bear with me. We're almost done. Revelation 2 and 8. And the angel of the church of Smyrna write, These things say the first and the last who was dead and came to life. I know your works, tribulation and poverty, but you are rich. I know the blasphemy, blasphemy of those who say they are Jews and are not. What did we read in the first scripture? The believers, but they're not, but are a synagogue of Satan. They might be around us a little bit. They might be, I don't know. But he says he knows. God knows. And the blasphemy said, do not fear any of those things which you are about to suffer. You mean we might suffer? So the prosperity gospel ain't all that. God wants us to have things. But if it's all about the prosperity gospels, I'm afraid that the disciples and the apostles didn't make it. They didn't have stuff. All they had was the word of God and the power of God. You see, I mean, that's all they had? That's everything, folks. That is everything. That's what they had. Do not fear those things which are there, oh, you're about to suffer. Indeed, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison that you may be tested, and you will have tribulation ten days. 
Be faithful unto the end, and I will give you the crown of life. Be faithful. Endure. Hang in there. Persecution might come, but hang in there. Don't give up. This is talking about somebody that's had a hard life. You know people like that, right? They're good as gold, man. But it seems like every time they get up, they get knocked back down, and their entire life seems to be that way. Now, if we had the Old Testament thinking, what would we be saying? We'd be like the Job's friends. Well, you must have did something wrong, Brother Eddie, because God's blessings ain't up on you. But that's not what this is talking about. He says, I know what you've been through. I know the blasphemy. That's the talking against or the lying. That's the blasphemy. And you're going to do some suffering. That's where the crown of life comes in. We like to say, oh, that I may know him in the power of his resurrection. Don't that make us happy? But that verse goes on. And in the fellowship of his suffering. There could be some suffering in your life. Hang in there. God knows. Remember, he's writing it down. His angels are writing it down. James 1.12 says, Blessed is the man who endures temptation, for when he is approved, he will receive the crown of life which the Lord has promised to those who love him. The crown of glory. i got two more, and y'all, then we're going to close out, okay? 1 Peter 5 and 1. The elders who are among you, I exhort. I who am a fellow elder and witness of the sufferings of Christ and also a partaker of the glory that will be revealed. Shepherd the flock of God which is among you, serving as overseers, not by compulsion, but willingly, not for dishonest gain, but eagerly, nor as being lords over those entrusted to you, but being examples of the flock. And when the chief shepherd, when, yeah, when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that does not fade away. You are a royal priesthood. This ain't just for the preachers and the pastors. I don't think. I'll give you Ken's version. We are a royal priesthood. There are people in your circle of influence. There might be a change happening in their life because of something they've seen in you or that you've followed the leading of the Spirit to give them the word, to lead them to Jesus Christ. That's what he's talking about. Those that are part of the caravans and we, and we check on people and we pray for people, we're supposed to be doing these kinds of things, that's what it's about. And you don't have to have that title. If you're a Christian, it's the other brothers and sisters. We've got to take care of them. We've got to look out for them, Brother Murphy. We've got to lift them up in prayer. We've got to be able to have that eyeball, that discerning eyeball that says the devil is beating on them. And we, now we've got to pray. Maybe that's all we can do is pray, but can I tell you, prayer is everything. Those are the ones that care for the flock of God and the crown of rejoicing. 1 Thessalonians 2.19, For what is our hope, our joy, our crown of rejoicing? Is it not even you in the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ at His coming? For you are our glory and our joy. This is the soul winner's crown. Can you imagine there's some people we can think about right now. One of them ain't died yet, Billy Graham. Can you imagine what it's going to be like at his coronation service? The crown comes out. The souls that have been led. Oh, my. 
You see, you might have this crown one day, and you might think you didn't even win anybody. You might not think you had anything to do with it, and one day you're going to show up and you're going to be walking down the streets of gold. Gold. You hear what? Streets of gold. And some guy's going to come up to you and say thank you, or some lady's going to come up to you and say thank you. And you're going to be like, I don't even know who you are. I know you don't know who I am, but I just came from where Jesus was. And my name was on a prayer list. It came in over the internet. You didn't even know who I was, but you started praying for me. I was on the prayer list. And you started praying for me. And you know what? God moved some people in my life, and I got saved because you prayed. And I just wanted to thank you for that. You see that little jewel right there? That's the one Jesus showed me. That's the one I am. And I want to thank you for it. Those souls are important. Jesus went to the cross for souls. He shed His blood for souls. The soul winner's crown is what it's about. Allie, will you sing us a song for us to close out this evening? While she's coming, getting ready to sing. I want you to close your eyes. You can stand. You can come up and pray. I, it, it doesn't matter. Pray where you're at. I want you to close your eyes. And I want you to think about this while she's singing. And you can sing with her. You can pray. Close your eyes. And it's coronation day. It's the crowning day. It's your crowning day. Jesus has called you up. What is your crowning day going to be like? What's it going to be like? Think about it. You, you only know. You know. And I believe the Holy Spirit's talking right now to you. What's your crowning day going to be like? Remember, it's not what I'm gaining, it's what Jesus is gaining. It's the glory He's going to receive. What's my crowning day going to be like?